Amen. Man, it's good to be here today. I love it. My wife always told me, you're a fifth grader. Fifth graders like to set out in the rain and have church. Come on, anybody out there say amen. We're having fun today. Praise the Lord. How many of you have ever been tired, and I'm not talking about just sleepy. I'm talking about worn out. I'm not talking about being worn out from a good day outside in the sun or, or working hard. But how many of you ever been tired deep down in your soul? And, and, and I, I know I have, and it's not pretty when I get that way. This kind of tiredness just doesn't go away. No matter what you try to do, you can't help it, but you're just worn out. And despite having doing everything that you can to rejuvenate and those triggers that you do to keep yourself up when you feel like going down, sometimes there is a soul rest, a soul rest to our emotions, to our attitude, to how we feel like the seat of the real person that we are. And brothers and sisters, when you get that tired that I'm talking about there, there's only one person you can go to for help. And somebody give a hand clap. His name is Jesus. Go ahead and give him a hand clap today. He gives us three keys. If you have your Bibles, turn to Matthew chapter 11, verse 28. But he gives three keys to those that are burdened, to those that are weary, to those that are heavy laden or there's like a cloud of sadness over you. You feel depleted in your energy. Jesus says this. Everybody say, come to me. Come to me. Say it again. Come to me. All you who are labor feeling that way and you are heavy laden, you're, you're carrying this burden. And Jesus says, I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon me and learn of me for I am gentle and I'm lowly in heart, and you're going to find rest for your souls. He said, for my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. So Jesus gives us three things. One, he says, come to me. Number two, he says, take my yoke. And three, he says, learn of me. So we're going to start off today. The starting point on today's sermon is, how do I lighten that load? How do I turn to Jesus? How do I come to him for that rest? I remember... How many remember the van days? Brian, are you out of the van days yet? With the kids, how many remember the van days? All right, dad, mom, the van days will go sometime, and you will have a sports car sometime. But we had the van days, and our four kids were always doing stuff to each other. We had Luke and Logan in the front, and then we had, uh, uh, we had Luke and Logan in the very back, and then we had Jordan and Caitlin in the front. But how many know they were always getting into it with each other? So Carmen yells out at the top of her lungs, and she says, you guys knock it off, or Dad's going to stop this car. And uh, when we did that, the kids immediately began to tell their story. Uh, Luke, the verbal one, he was really getting in and telling his, his story. And, and we were like, hey, we know it's both of you. Well, Luke has this deal where he just growls. Ah. And then he goes, ah, ah, because, of course, Logan was the one doing it. How many know Logan? She was the instigator. She was the one doing it. But Luke always started mumbling under his breath. And I'm like, Luke, you better not be talking back to your mother. And that even gets And then finally, he, uh, uh, his mom yells and says, Luke, I want you to quit 
um, mumbling. And then all of a sudden he burst out and he says, I'm not mumbling. I'm talking to Jesus. <laughs> I'm not mumbling. I'm talking to Jesus. And Carmen said, okay, you go ahead and talk to Jesus about him. So you might say Luke had one of those come to Jesus moments. How many know what I'm talking about today? When we get in trouble, somebody say in trouble, we had those come to Jesus moments. Well, in the Bible, a lot of people came to Jesus for different reasons, you know, for answers, for, for forgiveness, for healing, for salvation, uh, maybe some strength, maybe some hope. But Jesus said, those are all good things. You need healed. You need salvation. I can do that. But he said, you can also, listen to this. He said, you can also come to me for soul rest, relief from that stress, that overload, that weariness, that tiredness. And he says that you can do this. You can come to me and I will give you rest for your soul. You know, there's nothing more draining than that overloaded soul. There's so much happening right now in our world and with we've all been pressed and pushed on. We need that release. How many say I need a release today? How many say I need a relief? Anybody out there saying I could use some relief? I could use some release for some worry, from some tension, from some guilt, from things that's going on. The Bible says if you're worn out, come to him. You know, in Hebrews it even says that we're to strip off these weights that slow us down. You know, when we're pulling against the world, uh, the scripture says we can throw those things off, especially the sin that so easily trips us up. How many know that there is a stress and there's an anxiety that comes when you're not right with God? When you're not right with God, things just don't line up in life. Nothing really works right. So there's this, there's this, it, there's, there's something that's out of order. It really slows you down when you're not right with God, when, especially when you're in sin, when you're away from God. But Paul says, come back so we can run this race with endurance you know, we turn to different things when we're exhausted or depleted. Some of us turn to food. We go to food for comfort. Some of us say, man, I'll pop in. I'll, I'll have a, a binge on Netflix, and I'll just numb my mind and let that kind of distract my mind. How many sometimes you just need your mind to think about something else, and you just want relief? Some people self-medicate give temporary release and self-medicate when you get temporary release. How many knows that's done that, knows that only makes it worse? And then even sometimes we can turn to others for help. But I want to tell you today that Jesus is more than self-medication. He's more than a TV. He's more than food. And Jesus says, come to me when you're weary and you're heavy laden because none of these other things are going to give us that soul rest. The Bible says in Isaiah that he gives power to those that are worn out. If you're worn out today, he gives power to you. He offers strength to people that feel weak. Anybody feel weak today? He offers that strength. And the Bible says those that wait upon the Lord, and wait doesn't mean like you're waiting on God because he's showing up late. Wait means that you're waiting with anticipation like the presence on Christmas Day. That you know who your God is and you know what he can do and you know that he's going to come through. So you're waiting with an expectation. How many knows that the Lord's always going to come through? We have that. 
We need that come to Jesus moment. You know what we really need in our overloaded life is this come to Jesus, that more time with him. And in your, bio, in your uh, notes, it, it talks about that in Matthew 6, and it gives you some scriptures about that. But I want to ask you a question. Why is it that we don't turn to Jesus more? Why is it that we turn to activity? Why is it that we turn to toys and turn to stuff and turn to people and turn to self-medication and turn to food and turn? To, why is it that we turn to everything else before turning to Christ? I wrote down some reason, I think. One reason is we think we can handle it. We think we can handle this on our own. And also, we don't really believe that God can do anything against it. You know, a praying person, if you don't pray, one of the reasons you don't pray is because you don't believe he can do anything about it anyway. People that pray are people that know that he can do something about it. How many prayer warriors do we have out here? The reason you pray is you know. So I think a lot of reason we don't turn to Jesus is we don't believe he can do anything about it. We think we can handle it. We forget that there's a loving father out there. You think about a loving father or a loving mother. They would do anything. Ari Kimberly would do anything. She wants you to come to her. Brian, Junior wants you, want, Junior, Brian wants you to come to him. Anybody out there, your parents, so God wants you to. Or, why don't we turn to Jesus more? Here's another thing. We've never experienced it. We don't know about it. Or, we just don't do, we know about it. I can fall into this category sometime. We know about it, but I just don't do it. Or, this is my category. Or we know about it, and we do it, and we get soul rest, but when things get going good, we forget about it, and we quit doing it. How many get in that category? That's like weight, losing weight. You know, sometimes you'll lose some weight. You start feeling better. You don't have heartburn anymore. So you start cheating on your diet. You start cheating on what you're doing. That's what we do with prayer sometimes is we start cheating when it starts getting better. So the first thing is turn to Jesus or come to Jesus moment. The second thing is Jesus said, take my yoke upon you. Take my yoke upon you. You know, a yoke, how many knows what a yoke is to begin with? A yoke is a wooden beam that's put over two oxen or mules so the burden is shared on their load. And so they can lighten their work together as a team. The load is halved, you might say. It's shared, you might say. It's lightened, you might say. And they don't have to carry it all completely on their self. The purpose is it makes it so they can be more productive. So there's a couple things I want you to write down about a yoke. When it says, my yoke is easy, take my yoke. In other words, I want you to imagine Jesus in one side of that yoke. And I want you to put your head through the other side of the yoke. And what does that mean for you today? When you yoke up with Jesus or you team up with Jesus, number one, it's a partnership. Partnership. Two of you are working together. It's Jesus saying, I'll help you with your problems. I'll carry your load. I'll help you where you need helping out. A lot of people think Christianity is just something you add to your life and something more you got to do. When actually it's the opposite of that. Christianity and life in Christ, he takes that load off. He helps with that load. He says, my burden is easy. My burden is light. Why is it light? Because he's sharing it with us. I want you to write down Psalms 55, 22. 
It says this. It says, give your burdens. Everybody just think of burdens, and we're just giving them. Give your burdens to the Lord, and he'll take care of you. He will not permit the godly to slip and fall. He's not going to let you slip and fall. You know, the Bible says, don't worry about anything. Pray about everything. Tell God what you need and then thank him for the answer. And then it says the peace which passes all understanding will come and it will stand guard over your heart and peace will stand guard over your mind. So take these things to the Lord. Um, the, the idiot lights or the warning lights that happen when I'm anxious or I need to take some things to the Lord is I feel fatigued or I don't feel motivated or I'm just anxious and I don't know why. And what I do is I stop and I say, Brian, what are you thinking about? What are you thinking about? And what I'm thinking about is usually a care and it's usually a worry. And I take that thing and I give it to the Lord. Does that help you, Brian? You betcha it does. So there's a partnership. There's a partnership. The second thing is a yoke is a symbol of giving up control. You know, guys, we don't know it, but sometimes we're control, we're control freaks. We try to control our life. We try to control the people in our life. We try to control our business. We try to control every single thing. And the fact is, is we can't control what others do and what others are thinking and what's happening all around us. So we got to give up that control. Again, when, when oxen were put in that yoke, they gave up control to the master that was pulling the plow. So as God is putting a plow in your life and creating the ground to put the seed in and you're trusting him putting the seed of new things in your life and new attitudes and new ways of thinking as he's planting those seeds in your life trust the master and give up control that everything that he's doing he's working it out for your good can you say amen to that today jesus challenged him give up control you know my wife carmen uh, came up with a one-liner that I thought was powerful on giving up control. She said, we can either rest in the Lord, or we can rest in Him, or we can wrestle with it. We can either rest in it. How many want to rest in your situation? We can either rest in it, or we can wrestle with it. How many want to quit wrestling and just give it to the Lord today? He said, give up that control. Give up that control. You know, the other thing that came to me when I was thinking about control, listen to this, because this was strong on my heart, is I felt the Lord say, do not let people put their yokes on you. Do not let people, do not let situations, do not let people force you to wear a yoke. If you're around a controlling person, a controlling person is a person that if you don't wear their yoke and do it just like they want you to, what a controlling person does is they use anger on you. They get angry on you. Or they start assaulting your person. Or some just reject you and block you on Facebook and say you're out of my life. Or some of them will cut off finance to you. Parents, we do that sometimes. We'll cut off, we'll cut off because we got to control People that control are very critical. They're trying to break you. But brothers and sisters, don't wear any yoke but the yoke 
of Christ. Don't let people, even, even King Saul, he tried to put his, when, when David went out to fight Goliath, he said, here, wear this armor. Here, wear this helmet. Here, take this sword. Here, do it this way. But David said, I'm not used to that sword. I don't wear a helmet, and, and your armor's too heavy, and I can't move. But I do know this, is when I was on the backside of the desert seeking God and coming with him and taking his yoke upon me, man, a lion came, and the strength of the Lord came upon me, and I rent that lion apart. A bear came one time to take some sheep and destroy him, and the Spirit of the Lord came upon me, and I defeated that bear. It, God defeated a lion. God defeated a bear. He'll defeat this uncircumcised Philistine that's sitting out of there, and I'll be holding up his head. Don't let people put their yokes on you. Man, people will even people do that even to me with church. They want me to be a Bill Winston or a, 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 a the guy down in Texas. Just name anybody you want. Name anybody, uh, a Joel Osteen, or, uh, or, or, or they'll want me to be this or that. And then people that are controlling will even get to the point where they'll say, well, I just don't feel the Spirit like I used to. And well, you know, I just don't get fed like I used to. When I was younger, I used to buckle to that kind of pressure. But now, I know who I am in Christ. And I know the message that he's called me to preach. And I know what he's called me to do. Don't let people put their yoke on you. Man, that was heavy on my heart. I think people are getting destroyed because of that. They're, they're, they're letting people. Man, we got to let people find their own identity in Christ and be who they are in Christ. Parents, even with your kids, we want them to be certain things. But Carmen and I... Even at a little age, you can begin to see personality. You can begin to see strengths. You can begin, like some of the most persistent, and the people that are going to need persistence, and the people that are going to need to have a never give up attitude later in life, God made them that way as babies. But when you're starting that in the home, they're driving you crazy. They're, 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 they're so constant. They're, they're, they get on your nerves and you're, you, you think I got to chide them out of this or beat them out of this. But really that's a characteristic of perseverance that they're going to need in the future. Identify strengths. Identify strengths in your children. Identify those things and, and, and control that situation to where they're being able to be what God's called them to be. But yet you can have peace in the home at the same time. Does this make sense to anybody? I'm telling you, this is, this is good stuff. I wish somebody had told me this kind of stuff. But so, so that control. The third thing is you're going in the same direction. I'm not going to spend much time on that. You're going in the same direction. Amos 3.3. 3. Two can't walk together unless they're going in the same direction. Think about two animals in a yoke. They got to submit to each other. We got to submit to the Lord. We got to submit to his teachings. We got to submit to his ways. We can't fight the yoke. We can't fight the harness. When we're yoked up with Jesus, just submit to that. There's a perfect balance in that. And then fourth, yoke in the old yoke in the New Testament. When Jesus said yoke, people that followed rabbis knew that yoke meant teachings. When it says take the yoke of your rabbi, that was common in the Jewish time. Take the yoke of your rabbi. What that meant is to take your rabbi's teaching. 
What they did back then is they spent time with their rabbi, and then they tried to become like their rabbi, and then they did what their rabbi is. You know what's interesting in that? That's our mission statement. Our mission statement at Church on the Rock is to be with Jesus, our rabbi, to become like Jesus, our rabbi, and then to do what our, what our rabbi Jesus did. And so that's what they did. So a yoke means teaching, practices. Jesus said this, okay? So first we come to him. Second, we take his yoke. And then the last thing is learn from him. And I touched on that a little bit with the yoke. Learn from him is learn from him. Learn what he learn his ways. I, the way I like to explain this, one of the best carpenters that I know is um, Ray Martell. So when and I've even seen Ray Martell work at Church on the Rock because we built this church with volunteers. When we would work on this church, there would be there would be people that didn't know which which end of the hammer to hold. And they would act like they were an authority, and I would see them trying to tell Ray how to build a wall. And I was like, would you shut up? Would you just go over here and listen to that guy? That, but sometimes people can walk around with that arrogance. But, but, um, but, but Ray, I knew he knew how to do it, and everything he did, I would mimic it. I would carry my hammer in the back of my pouch because Ray carried his hammer in the back of the pouch. When I laid out a wall, I would put my tape measure like he did and I'd lay out a wall like he did. When I would hit the nail, when I would use anything I did, I followed my teacher or my rabbi Ray. So what it means to follow your teacher and learn of him is to get in that word. How many know that Jesus has it together? And if we'll do what he does, if we'll do what he says, we can have a happy life. We can have a good life. So begin to mimic, begin to follow. And then he gave two things that were to imitate. One is he said, I am gentle. I'm going to be quick because it's raining a little more. But he said, I am gentle. I want you to get this. Gentle in the Greek means meekness. I don't ever want you to forget this. Meekness, people think meekness is this. Oh, I'm so meek. Oh, you're, 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 really, a powerful you're really a powerful preacher. Oh, I am? Um, I, I'm just very meek. That is not meekness. Meek is strength. Meekness, the word teaches that meekness is strength under the control of the Holy Spirit. So I'm going to make this real simple. The Bible says the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, gentleness, kindness, self-control. So when it says be like Jesus and be meek, that means Jesus, he was strong. He was bold. He was powerful. But yet, he was under the control of love. He was under the control of peace. You need to be clapping right now. He was under the control of peace. He was under the control of goodness. He was under the control of patience. But he was strong, yet under the control of the Holy Spirit. So that's what it is. You know, Jesus, and the second thing it says, he was humble in spirit. Humble in spirit. Humble means lowly in position or spirit, 
It means that we, listen to this, you know what humble means? It means that we need God for everything. Sometimes Christians that walk the longest with the Lord lose humility because we get to where we don't have all that bad stuff in our life anymore and we get to a point where we think we're just pretty doggone good without God. But the point is there ain't nobody good without God. There ain't nobody perfect without the perfection God in us. So Jesus, get this, you guys, Scripture teaches that when he came to earth, that he could have came and said, I'm king. I created the heavens and the earth. And I have come to set up a kingdom that I will rule and reign. And every participant in this world needs to bow down now and begin to help me to build this kingdom. In fact, we're going to erect some sepulchers bigger than what they did in Egypt. And our temples are going to be greater than any temple that man has ever done. Jesus could have came like that. But Jesus said, I'm God. The scripture says he thought it not robbery to be equal with God. He said, I'm God. I'm God. I was there. I was the one that said, let there be light. And there was light. I was in the beginning. The worlds were created by me. I am God. But yet I come as a humble, lowly servant. In fact, I come, I come that I only give myself you. I'm going to die for you. He was everything, but yet he said he wasn't anything without God. You said, wait a minute. Is that really right? Scripture teaches that Christ emptied himself of all that that he was as God he emptied himself and he took upon himself the body of a human being just like us why because he's in our skin he feels what we feel he's felt what we felt he's lived where we've lived he's been tempted where we tempted and that makes him a compassionate high priest that we can come boldly to him are y'all with me today we can come boldly to him. And, 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 and here's the deal. He, he, he did all that. He emptied himself so he could be like us and fill us. Listen to this. The Bible says, did you know how Jesus was anointed with the Holy Spirit and he went about doing good? Jesus emptied himself. Guys, listen. Jesus was filled with the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, just like we have to be filled with the Spirit. The Spirit of God came upon Jesus, and he did this, 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 and this. The Spirit of God comes upon us. So humility is saying, I'm totally dependent upon God. You know, even in the Bible, Jesus said in John, he said, I can do nothing except the Father do it through me. I only do what the Father tells me to do. I only do what I've seen my Father do. I only can say what my Father tells me to say. I can only think what my Father wants me to think. I can only go where my Father wants me to go. I can only stay where my Father wants me to stay. And I can only want what my Father wants me to want. Are you serious? Those are all in the book of John, all of them. So what does that mean to us in being hum humble? I can only do what God wants me to do. I can only want what God wants me to want.
I can only be what God wants me to be. I can only do what my father would. I can only do what I see God doing. Are you all with me today? So Jesus, what we need to learn from him is that we need to be strong. We need to be bold. But we need to be, that boldness needs to be controlled with compassion and kindness and gentleness and patience with each other. Guys, that's good preaching. That is good preaching. Those are things we need. And then the second thing, he said, I'm humble. And that simply means I can't do anything without God. As we close today, as we close today, I want to remind, I want to tell a story. I want to tell a story of when I was at my second church. I was overwhelmed. I was at my wit's end. I, had, I was 20, 21 years old, a senior pastor in a very church, happening church. We were growing like crazy. Uh, we started with like 45 and grew to right at 400 people in a town of 4,000. We were exploding. People were getting saved all the time. But in that time as a leader, I was at my wit's end. I was stressed out. I was overloaded. You know how many times I pulled into the Dodge station and said, God, I can't do this anymore, the Dodge car dealer. And I'd yell, why am I, Why you have me doing this? All I'm doing is hurting this church. And I, I, I make all the wrong decisions and I'm doing it wrong. I feel like the parent that feels like you do it wrong with your kids. And you feel so bad about that. But one day I was so depleted. Listen to me, I was so depleted. I was so down. I was so ready to quit. I was so on the verge. And all of a sudden, this is a true story. I felt like the Lord said, just say it, it happened. All of a sudden, a hand, I saw a hand come. Physically, I saw a hand come and touch me on the head. And when it touched me on the head, it knocked me out physically. It knocked me to the floor. Some people call it slayed in the spirit. I was knocked to the floor. I was knocked to the ground. And I didn't know it, but I laid there for two hours. But while I was laying there, I saw Jesus on a rock. And today, if you're hurting, or you're depleted, or you're weary, Olitska, you're going through so much right now with your family. And you're just hurting so bad. Or if you're in pain today. Or if you're still out of a job. I mean, I talk to people that are still out of a job. I mean, you have that stress and that anxiety. Come to Jesus. Come to Jesus today. See Jesus on a rock. Back to the vision. I saw Jesus on a rock. And he said to me, he said, hey, Brian, what's the matter with you? And I said, well, Jesus, blah, 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 blah. And I just talked to him. And then Jesus would offer a response to me. This really happened. And then he would look at me and he'd say, are you okay now? Did that help you? And there were a few times I said, no, not yet. And then he would tell me some more. And he said, are you good now? And I said, yeah. And then we went to the next one. And he got me settled. And then we went to the next one. And he got me settled. And then we went to the next one. 
I still feel it. I still see it. And it has been a reminder to me to always go back to that. And it's the same today as it was when it happened the first time. He still sits on a rock with me. And I talk to him. And he can bring that soul peace. And when we got done, Jesus looked at me. He said, you okay? And I said, yeah. And then he snapped. And I came back into life. And I'd been laying for two hours on the floor and people was worried what had happened to me. Jesus, I had a come to Jesus moment. Right now with every head bowed, lift up your hand if you need that kind of a touch today. Come on, lift up your hand if you need that today. Lift it up in the rain. Think of the rain not as you're getting wet, but think of the rain as you're being refreshed. Think of the rain as, you're, as God's watering you and He's refreshing you. Father, in the name of Jesus, the Lord spoke to me and He said, I'm going to do something supernatural. Right now, I speak life to hands that are lifted up. Right now, I speak life. I speak peace. I speak joy. Lord, I speak relief from stress, relief from worry. Right now, begin to tell Jesus just what it is and hear His voice say, are you okay now? You received communion when you came in. I want you to grab your communion. I want you to open it up. I want you to get the bread out. You lift the bread, lift the cup, and then open it. Hold the bread. I want you to look at the bread. Jesus said, I am the bread of life. Again, right now, I want you to receive this by faith. Look at that bread. As pastor, I speak life to you right now in Jesus' name. If you feel dead, if you feel empty, if you feel numb in the spirit, I speak life to you right now in Jesus' name. If you need, the Bible says he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. And by his stripes, we are healed. If you're sick today, when you eat that bread believe that you're healed. I don't care if it's cancer. I don't care if it's sugar diabetes. I don't care what it is. When you eat that bread, you're eating healing. If you need an emotional healing, if you need a physical healing, when you eat that bread, the bread sustains you. His bread nourishes you. Right now, say, Jesus, thank you for the bread. Now take it, eat. You're eating life. Come on, I want you to think about it. You're eating life. You're digesting healing. You're eating healing. Right now, look at that cup. Every one of us have sinned this week. Every one of us falls short and comes short. If you have it, you need a humility check. Everybody has. Probably on the way to church. Probably before we leave. We all come short. Jesus was a perfect, God can't help it that he was perfect. And guys, it's just a fact that you can't be imperfect and be around God or you die. I mean, that's just a fact. He can't help it. That's just the way it is. But he loved you so much that he left a perfect heaven. And he came and lived a perfect life and fulfilled the law you can't fulfill. And bore the sins that you do. So that when you accept him, that blood and that covenant makes it where you can 
be at peace with God. How many is glad that you're at peace with God? You know, I always hear the Lord say, Brian, come boldly to my throne of grace. I want you to drink the cup and say, thank you for forgiveness of sin. And I come boldly to the throne of Christ in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Father, I pray that there's been an impact in life and that we will leave never the same. That we'll remember we got wet today, but we'll remember we got right today. Father, in Jesus' name, I pray the blessings of God over this congregation, over this people. Amen.